<laughs> well, you guys did your research. I, I think I, I totally underestimated uh, you guys, and that's on me, and I apologize. I shouldn't have, but... What's up, Roller World? Welcome back to the RDN Good Roller Pod, the number one roller hockey podcast in the world, bringing you all the roller hockey info and the best stories from the biggest beauties in the game. Here are your hosts, Rob Woods, Kevin Dwyer, and Anth Merrigan. Let's wheel on. Welcome back to the RDN Good Roller Pod. I'm back with the two boys, Kevin Dwyer and Anth Merrigan. I'm Rob Woods. How you boys doing? Hanging in there. We're, do, we're doing pretty good. Got some hockey this weekend, eh, Rob? Oh, yeah, we got, we got some puck. I know Ants, Skate like – Skate City Pro League. I think Ants snowed in in a blizzard over in Philly, uh, right? Yeah, we're getting hit, but we're still playing games tonight. A bunch of the boys still want to play, so it's kind of like half roller the amount dads. of games. Yeah, a bunch of roller dads. So we got uh, some good NHL on tonight. We usually have, like, up in our – we have an office that overlooks the whole rink. It's pretty sweet. So it's like a club box, and we usually watch some games. All the boys go up there, have some beers, watch all the games on the rink and NHL games. So Flyers are back tonight, so I'm happy about that. Missing, like, half the team, but whatever. <laughs> Damn COVID. Is it because of COVID or is it because of injuries? Yeah, yeah, COVID. So they're missing Voracek, Konechny, Giroux, Justin Braun, and someone else. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I mean, right there, that's that's a tough Farabee? Nah, he's in. He's in. Farabee's in, baby. <laughs> glad glad you're finally giving him recognition. No, I just, I'll never forget. And I was like, where does Farabee kid come from? And you're like, you don't know who he is. I so <laughs> so for some of you guys that don't know, uh, when NHL returned the first night, me and Dwyer decided to <laughs> poke the bear of ants, and we betted on Pittsburgh because it was Pittsburgh versus Philly. And, you know, I, I like Pittsburgh, you know. I used to like them a lot more than I do now because of Flurry. But me and Kev were just giving ants some shit, so we betted for Pittsburgh, and they just got smashed, and ants was so happy. And the whole game, we're just like, who's this guy? Who's I was, like, nervous, though, because the Pens came out hot, and I think they scored the first one. And they you guys did. Were we, yeah, we were me. all over you. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I can't deal with this. Guy, wasn't it? Wasn't it a, a tan? No, was it Tanov? Yeah, I think, I think it was. Somebody on Pittsburgh scored. Yeah, for sure. The funniest part of that was like you did not know if we were serious or not when we were just saying like Pittsburgh's going to dummy them. Like I don't even know why you're going to watch the game. And you're like, are are you guys serious? I like FaceTimed you. FaceTimes us. I FaceTimed you. I was so pissed. It was hilarious. That was great. That was hilarious. Um, before we get this pod going, let's do a little uh, ad read for one of our sponsors. You want to do? Uh, you want to do the first one, or you want me to, Anth? Uh, go for it, bud. All you. We got. On the Fly Hockey. On the Fly Hockey. We've talked about them the last couple episodes. Check them out on Instagram or Facebook or on their website. They make jerseys, custom jerseys and pants. And they also got apparel. They got some pretty cool uh, roller guy apparel. Um, they just released their own line. So check them out. Pretty cool. Awesome. And, uh, and we... We had mentioned it on the last pod as well, still with the Fuel Hunt boys. So uh, go to fuelhunt.com, follow them on their Instagram, uh, everything like that. They actually just came out with some new clo- with uh, some new T-shirts, and um, they're going to be releasing some other stuff. They have a couple UFC fighters now, which is pretty cool. So check them out. You know, you know any of their Use- names? Yeah, Sean Brady. He's actually a Philly guy. Um, I think he's undefeated in UFC too. So. Oh, really? Not a big deal, but yeah, but but I just had someone today um, DM me for the uh, Roller Dad discount code, and they used it, and it worked. Cool. So and go on there. Code? 
It's 15% off, and the discount code is ROLLERDAD. Awesome. Check them out. Y'all know Corey Sandhagen, that UFC fighter? Yeah, I got a great story about uh, Corey Sandhagen. But, yeah, he went to school, right? Yeah, yeah, he went. He was a year older than me in high school. Well, C.J. Bateman claims that he's hung out with C, uh, Corey Sandhagen and that he's gone over to his house. So I just think that's kind of funny because I was talking to every time Sandhagen. I was paths with him a couple times. Yeah. 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 I guess C.J. hangs out with him. <laughs> yeah. He always tells me. Never you. went to the guy's house. I, I crossed paths with him. Right. Hey, uh, I got a question, though. I've been meaning to ask you this, Dwyer, probably the last – four or five pods i got a dm from one of the boys and you can maybe figure out who it is but they want to know how, how many uh how many flights do you think that you have missed like on hockey trips oh. this is from how many fingers do i have <laughs> <laughs> um man i'd say probably we're we're around that like six ish range you six, and uh, six, you and Cody Bovi. Cody Bovi and I would be double digits if we were put together. I think he is double digits. He is. Why? So, what is it about the Easily. Colorado boys that we have such a bad reputation at getting back home? I, I don't know. Cody's a mutant. He he's actually got like, I mean, he's single, so like he has the opportunity to not like single. Oh, he's not anymore. No. Well, usually at those trips, he would be. For me, I don't know. I just like, uh, you know, I, I like enjoying my little bit of time with uh, my friends I don't see very often. And I, I uh, imbibe a little too much. I feel you. I don't feel wake you. up the next morning. I know. Yeah. Um, Chris Martinez, he messaged me and he's like, got to ask the wire how many, how many. He was the last one. Yeah, I he know. He was that. the last one. Oh, my God. That was the worst. Marley just disowned me for like a week. Jeez. And she was the one who had to pick me up from the airport. So you can imagine what that was like. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I Don't be a, missing uh, flights and ask Kimmy to come pick you up. Anyways, boys, well, let's uh, get back to some hockey talk. Um, I got a question. You know, Ant, you sent us a Snapchat over the weekend about, I think your jersey was on the ground. You're like airing it out. And so your jersey on the ground. And I replied, your jersey's on the ground. Like, I don't know. You tell me. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but is that like a big thing to you guys on the teams you play? Like our coach gets pissed off if our jerseys are on the ground or if they're fucking inside out. So I just, uh, I just want to know, like, you know, what do you guys think about that? You know, jerseys on the ground, yay or nay? I didn't used to really worry too, too much about it until uh, that, that little trip in Hawaii that we were talking with Gans about who's coming on here soon. Um what, I had some Mudcat jerseys like on the ground in Hawaii and Yoder like was pissed. And so he was like, yo, he's like, he's like, Kev, pick those up. He's like, seriously, come on. I'm like, Oh, just trying to get them dry, you know? So since then it, it is a little, like I've kind of been more like, eh, keep the jerseys up, you know, like we, you know, that's what you go out and you go to battle and you don't want to throw them on the ground where all the other nasty stuff in the world ends up on the ground. Yeah, I, definitely a fail on my part. Um, I was trying to air them out. I think it was on my carpet. I don't know if that makes it. I think better they're ice hockey jerseys, so who cares about yeah. that? Yeah, uh, yeah, true, true. I do have to carry like three because I own all the extra jerseys, so I can always bring like three extra jerseys to the games for the boys. So I don't know. 
definitely. What do you, how do you feel about it? Me? Yeah. I never have my jerseys on the ground. They go immediately in the bag or I hang them up. I just the, the one thing that I suck at doing though is like putting them inside out. John's always yelling at me, Robbie, put your jersey inside out. I'm like, dude, like I'm sorry. You just like, you know. So especially yeah. as a goalie, like when you take it off, like sometimes it gets caught in Or in our condition, we have to share a jersey because no, I was going to say kind of on that, like another another no-go in roller especially um, is the using your wheel – not using your wheels outside, but like, all right, you're at the rink. You have to go outside to grab something out of your car. What are your thoughts on that? I know a lot of people are like, take the skates off or don't go outside. What do you need in your car? Yeah, let's just say you need to go – I don't know, get another stick or something, right? You hey, well, I'm sending uh, Jordan Bateman that's not playing it and that's sitting in the stands to go get it. You know, it just depends. But if there's definitely no one there – I've got to take the skates off, man. Those wheels, those Connex piers, man. I've got to keep those fresh. Rob, you got like one of like each company on your skin. No, Kev, don't call me out like that. Let me it's tell like you. like a hodgepodge. This kid is trying to call my wheel setup out. My wheel setup's nasty. Okay, and you got to realize I'm a goalie, so I don't skate out a lot. But my front two on both sides are Connex pier X's, okay? My middle one or my third one in the back are Labeda Millenniums on both sides. And then the very last one is Conix Tachyons. And that's because we play on a wood floor, and this floor is just kind of weird. So I figured I'd change it up. You know, it's just my style, boys. Jesus. It's going to be weird when I play on tile. I haven't played on tile in, in a minute. I've played on the Skate City floor and the, the arena floor. So yeah, it's been a while since I've been on some tile. I got a bone to pick with some stoplights these days, man. Yeah, what's up with your stoplights? I, I, I have been – I guess I'm just getting older and grumpy when I'm driving, but nothing grinds my gears more than when, like, you're just driving down the road like at nighttime, usually I'm driving home at night after the rink and you just get like, you're on a main street and you just get stopped by like the one light to turn into like one of these neighborhoods and you're getting stopped because there's just one car sitting right there. And it's like midnight or something. And you're like, there's it's like, Oh my God. And so then when that happens closer to like nine o'clock or nine 30 and you're like, what in the world is going on? And it is a completely different animal in Colorado Springs in the Springs. It is such a joke. I don't know how people live there. There there's, there's nobody even at the lights. There's nobody even trying to turn and you get stopped by lights. And I, I, I it takes everything in me to not like just slam my horn a couple of times and be like, what is going on? <laughs> the Springs is even worse. Sometimes it happens here. It's happened a little more. And, and the other thing, it's like snowy and it's cold. Like who's programming these lights to be like, boom, stop. Right. When you pull up, how, how am I Aren't, stopping? How am I hitting they, the brakes on that yellow? Are they not on sensors? Like out there? I know I mean, we dude, have like some really that are on sensors. I'm sure they so, are. There's so much fucking snow on the ground sometimes that it just doesn't matter. You know? Yeah, it's true. The Springs is a different animal. Who knows? The Springs, the Springs is a joke. I can't like I don't. Like I can't it. drive around too much in the Springs, or else I actually get really flustered. All right. Yeah, no, it's so stoplights. That was my little take, take, one. Rant. Take another, take another sip there, Kev. All right, I got to break some stuff down for everybody here. And if you don't want to hear me talk for a little bit, you can just fast forward to Mister Gans. All right. So people have reached out to us here and there um, regarding kind of like wheel talk stuff. 
Look, I'm going to break it all down right now a little bit. Dino V does a phenomenal job of coaching and all the hockey he does in New York. Out of is it skate safe? Is it skate is it Jay's yeah. rank? Yeah, okay, out of skate safe. He does an awesome job coaching and the sport needs people for the sport and to grow. coaching to grow. Absolutely. So this past summer, this wheel talk page gets launched that he's heavily involved with. Um and a lot, a lot, we even here, and I think, you know, even some people kind of wondered, like, what is this page going to be? What is it going to do? And so they're at State Wars. They got invited to State Wars by State Wars. I'll be honest, you know, I didn't even go to the tournament, but a little bitter. We've been around, we've been kind of doing and putting work down. So, you know, so be it. They have a camera crew out of state wars. They're doing interviews. They're doing a nightly recap. They're doing all this stuff. They've got all this access to the biggest pro tournament. So when it gets reached out to us, Hey, from wheel talk, we would really like RDN support in this. I'm going to say it now. We don't owe you a goddamn thing because quite frankly, my boy Rob here has been busting his ass for three, three years, four, three, four, three, Three, three and a half. We'll say three and a half years. Busting his ass every day to have updates, to have content, to have all this kind of stuff that I say we, and I'm just a smiling face and a talking head, really, when it comes down to it. Rob does a whole lot. Bringing Anth on, he's done a whole lot. I mean, I do what I can here and there. But the amount of work that Rob's put into this thing is you wouldn't believe it. It's not like it just happens and it's easy. Like time has got to be spent into it. So when we get messages and when we get people asking why we don't support wheel talk and stuff, let's put it like this. Let's put it to wheel companies. That would be like Connick's reaching out to Rob Chernemont saying, Hey Rob, we need some help, man. Or like, Hey, you know, can you like promote us or support us? It's like McDonald's going to Burger King. It doesn't effing happen. So, Dino, it's cool what you're doing with Wheel Talk. Keep doing it. But, you know, the rival car dealership isn't going to come over to the rival car company and say, hey, you want some insider info? You want us to promote? Because what we do, that's not what we do. We promote all the brands. We promote all the people. We promote the industry. We don't promote another like complete media company. We promote tournaments because tournaments put out their own stuff, but we we're kind of trying to do our own thing. You're upset that we're not promoting day in the life of guess what? We, we did it. Same we did player. it a couple of months ago, same players. And so that's that. I mean, you keep doing your thing, but don't be reaching out for us for support it's more like chirping too. It's not like the support. It's him chirping us, you know, them chirping us saying, we need to post this. We need to do this. And this is, you know, better is the game. You're absolutely right. So keep posting and doing what you're doing. Cause that is better in the game. So keep doing it that way. Yeah. And we're both going to do it in our own ways, which is great. And like you uh, said, competition, competition's healthy. Yeah. You can't, yeah. You can't get it's better. Like, you can't want to be better if you don't have competition. So like I said, little bitter, a little upset that, you know, they had all the access to State Wars. That's because I felt we deserved it or somewhat earned it. Other people didn't think that. Hey, so be it. That's what's propelling us and making us to want to be better. 
Yeah, and, and I think you guys are both alluding to it. It's kind of like TSN and Sportsnet up in Canada, right? They're both covering the same sport pretty aggressively, right? They have their own things that they do. Um, they got you know, their own people. Own people, right. And and Rob, I, I got to kind of just go on what – or go off of, excuse me, what, what Kev said. I mean, you work so damn hard on this. Like, it makes me, like, feel bad sometimes. I'm like, this dude is messaging me in the middle of the night with, like, these sick ideas. And, like, you know, and you go ahead with them, and it's not like you just – say them you like you freaking do them like you know what i mean so um you know like kev you you'd mentioned it like hey keep doing what you're doing you know we you know as far as the sport of roller hockey goes more coverage better right but as far as like you know um the collaboration and things like that we are two separate entities at the end of the day you know so um but i, I just wanted to make sure that the people in this roller world know how hard you know that you do work on this stuff and you know and what we're trying to do is really just the betterment the, uh, the, the betterment of the whole game itself right so um you know, that's kind of my two cents, Kev. I think you pretty much took the wind out of everything. So I had nothing left to say after that. I, I yeah. just, you know, I mean, I, it's not like it's getting put to bed now, but it's just kind of like, look, that's how it is. Like Darren ain't asking Tim for help. Tim ain't asking Ronnie for help. Like it's, it's part of the business. It's a little bit cutthroat if you want to call it that, but like that, it, it is what it is. Exactly. And you know what? That's, um, we have this platform, we're going to use it and we're going to express how we feel, you know, and I'm sorry if we hurt anybody's feelings, if you know, you guys are angry for how we feel about this. And that's, um, you know, that's just how we feel. And that's what we're going to use our platform for is, you know, to kind of express how we feel about this situation. And you guys can hear it from us. And if you're wondering why we're not reposting or posting it, because like I said, we already did that with the same exact player. So Without further ado, we're going to lead this into a great interview. We got Brian Gans. Guy's been in France. He's a model for Chubbies. He's worked with. This is a great, great interview. Yeah, entrepreneur, everything. Great interview. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is awesome. I, I I learned a lot about Gans. It's not like I knew him well, but I, I knew him a little bit. So this was, this was great. I think people really enjoy this. Absolutely. So without further ado, we'll send it over to Anth for the uh, intro. What are you drinking on, Kev? I got I had no bananas today, but it's blueberries, uh, spinach, and uh, an avocado. Is that healthy, some, uh, Gans? Good juices. Is that good? Stuff. That is so good. And avocado is a sleeper uh, ingredient. And some smoothies, so yeah, yeah. Ooh, Smooths yeah. it all out, makes it a little creamy. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Taking a page right. out of my book, Kev. Finally, <laughs> it's about time. Hey, dude. I I've been good. I've been good this week, so I'm trying to keep it up. Good stuff, buddy. All right, everyone. I'm excited to have a former teammate of mine. Uh, we played two years together for Team USA, a guy who's been around the roller uh, world for over 20 years, playing with clubs like the Quakes and Palma, a guy who takes his mustache, I would say, more serious than his fitness. Um, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Brian Gans. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> oh, wow. After that intro, I am doing fantastic. That was really well done. So, yeah, Thanks, it's an absolute he, he was excited here. for the intro he said i'm taking it dude i That's had to wear the head by all yeah. means That's i had to like so put the good. headphones on and everything you know what i mean so <laughs> that's so good you look like a radio host right now Anth. i do i do it's not not a great look but 
nevertheless um <laughs> you i know, feel I, like anth would love that though it'd be like some talk sports radio host on am <laughs> early mornings the yeah. philly fan <laughs> exactly 6 a.m yeah. on sundays nobody listening <laughs> but uh yeah. but gans obviously like i mentioned in the intro you've been around roller forever so um where'd you get started playing youth hockey i know it's something that we were talking about um you know on the side here yeah i got started uh Back uh, back in Sunnyvale, uh, where I was born and raised, uh, with the Sharks coming into the league uh, in those early 90s and then just rollerblading uh, or rollerblading, uh, like the activity, just taking over and becoming popular there. Uh, fell in love with it. Lived in a court, so um, it was sort of a easy uh, progression to get down on the court, get a net, get some sticks and uh, start, start ripping it up out there. But my first club was with the quakes. Like you said, Dave Inouye, uh first coach, father of everyone's favorite, the uh, roller hockey brothers, Michael and Daniel. And uh, yeah, growing up there, he was pretty much taught me everything uh, from the fundamentals to, to uh, even more, more advanced things. It is. Uh, it was Vicky Inouye's birthday yesterday, so I sent her a happy, happy birthday. birthday today. Happy birthday, happy Vicky! Birthday, right? Vicky. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Mr. McQuake too. He's he's the best. Ronnie calls him Mr. McQuake. I I like tagging along with that. But uh, yeah, Dave's that, Dave's one of the salt of the earth guys, man. He really is. And uh, back when we were playing, you know, squirt. Kiwi, all that. And when he was working for PG&E, he always asked me if I wanted to go up on his like cherry picker, like on his truck. And that terrified me. I never did it. Wow. Never, <laughs> never did it. <laughs> you want to go with eight? <laughs> Were they called the Black Beauty Quakes? We did have a Black Beauty phase there. I would, I okay. was, I think a midget. So I was just getting out of high school, 18U, whatever. And that's when we got um, picked up by Black Beauty with thanks to Michael and his just explosion of skill and talent there. That was insane. Nice. Well, I, uh, we heard from Koch. Is it, is it true you grew up at Igor or in <laughs> Igor Larionov's house? <laughs> well, you guys did your research. I, I think I, I totally right underestimated uh, you guys. And that's on me. And I apologize. I shouldn't have, but uh, <laughs> Koch is correct. So we, I used to live in Campbell like way back when, when I was little, and then we moved to Sunnyvale and then uh, a brand new house, sick pool, hot tub, like intercoms. It was awesome. Um, but it was just on this brutal corner. So noisy. And we moved again into this house it was like it's like honestly a mile down the street it's it's really bizarre but yes igor larianov did live in that house when he played for the sharks before he got dealt to the wings uh and (laughs) my dad as uh people may or may not know Stu, mr stroke job uh actually took igor larianov to small claims court because in some thing with the house, like they were supposed to leave like the window. uh, What do you call it? The window, um, like the blinds and drapes and the um, fixtures and everything. So we moved in and they weren't there and it just set my dad off and my mom off because that wasn't part of the deal. So we ended up uh, handling things in small claims court with one of the greatest Russian hockey players to ever play. 
Oh my god! <laughs> You're lucky the mob didn't like come after you or something like that after that uh, that documentary on the Russian Five. So yeah, so um, yeah, and you know he was just uh, the coach of Russia during the World Juniors. So of course my dad's watching that game, just rooting against him and just hoping <laughs> for for them to get knocked out of the world junior tournament yeah yeah i think i think at one point like uh one of the first games back when when larry onoff was on the wings like my dad tried to like get a sign into the arena because my dad's been season ticket holders for the sharks since since day one back at the cow palace and i think at one point he like tried to get a sign in or like go down and warm up so like hold it up or yell at him and stuff and he just it never happened but yeah that's that's a very deep cut and uh Kotcher loves bringing that up so no surprise there that you guys were able to dig that out of him well he he gave us a bit more, so just, you know, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm so pumped. So uh, wrapping back to the Quakes, who are some of, like, the teams you used to compete against or, like, the dominant teams and players uh, growing up? Yeah, yeah, there was uh, OC Blades, uh, those guys and gals, I'm pretty sure, at one point. I mean, whoever they had, they were just so good. Um is it like the Gibos or that I was at the last name? They were, they were dominant. Um, geez, we played one team. Like it was such a different, not sport, but I don't know the competition level. There wasn't as much, I think like middle ground. So like going to LA or orange County, Anaheim, whatever it was back then, it was like, we would just get spanked every time. Like one time we played, Gretzky's team dangerous or mission Gretzky. I don't know. It was like Bobby Ryan and like people and you just like, what? And you just get down there and you get smoked, but like you were pumped cause you were in orange County and you're like playing knee hockey in the hallways with everyone. So, um, they were good, but then local stuff, it was like, uh, Blake Peck. I'm seeing like the Mustangs. You had the Mavericks. They were, they were good there for a while. Uh, water city dragons, they played out of this old, like, uh, it was an old gymnasium, basketball gymnasium on this military base up near, uh, or down near, excuse me, like Monterey and stuff and weird uh, setup. But yeah, they were good for a while. It was back in those tour Pacific Cup days where it seemed like, uh, you know, every other weekend you're, you were at the, the rink and battling out with those guys. That was a lot of teams. <laughs> like, but it, yeah, those, those teams were we're so good. It seemed like, you know, every season they'd either have one guy from the other team or, you know, there's a bit of some variation, but yeah, we, we weren't good my first couple of years at the Quakes. <laughs> I always remember hearing about Gibos, like Kenny Gibo, like they're just, pl- they played for the OC blades and I believe his dad was the coach or he ran one of the rinks and he, they yeah, were- coach or ran it. Well, uh, you you and I do have something in common. We got to spend some time with Ronnie in the good old uh, city of St. Charles. And yeah. I think you kind of paved the way for some more guys to go there, you know, uh, after you. So what, what kind of motivated you to want to go to the middle of the country and play for, uh, play for Lindenwood? Yeah, that's I, – I forget that. Like, that was part of my life because it wasn't really how now – kids are I guess doing it or or handling it because I went because one I didn't really have anything else to do out of high school 
not that I was like a burnout or anything. I just didn't, I, I knew I wanted to play hockey and I like wanted to make it happen. And actually Danny Fry, another name from like San Jose, Los Gatos, uh, he actually got recruited and this was back in, geez, I graduated high school of six. So yeah, he, he was able to get recruited and go. And we grew up playing quakes together and everything. And I sort of scrambled to get my ACT in. And of course I passed it by like just a point or whatever it was to like get even accepted into Lindenwood. And it was also last minute. I think this was like maybe July or something and class started not too long after that. But yeah, I sort of just went, I have no idea who knew about me or of me. And I ended up, yeah, making that D1 team, which is insane. If you look at that roster and like who was on it, like I still probably wouldn't even belong on that roster if you were to put me on it today. It was unbelievably stacked. And uh, who were who were some of the guys? I mean, it was Thompson, Bruce, a bunch of local studs that I had no idea even existed. Until was I Fudge got on there. that team? Jeff Hill. Travis Fudge was on that team. Barnett had transferred out from Riverside Community College that same time. Um, yeah, no, I, I went out there, you know, 18, 18 and a half, whatever, and didn't really know anything other than roller hockey. And this was a great opportunity. And um, and then getting to, you know, skate three days, maybe four or five days a week, depending on what rinks were open and who it was with Ronnie Bilstein was unbelievable. And it, it helped me sort of solidify myself as that uh, quick uh, puck moving D-man that uh, is reliable on the back end. What I was going to ask you about Gans is, um, you know, obviously you you played at uh, LU, but then you decided to move over to ASU. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, I had to see or reap the, I guess you would say, the repercussions of that when you'd beat us at Narch. I don't know if you remember this. Men's Platt, you scored with like 0.2 seconds left, back bar. <laughs> so after Charlie Scrillo turned the puck over to you, so we still rip on him today for that. But uh, what made you do the transfer over to ASU? So that transfer was actually um, didn't know how sort of pivotal it was going to be or how important it was going to be. Um, I did discover exercise science and I fell in love with like training and, and learning, um, you know, the ins and out of uh, sports performance. And at the time, Lindenwood didn't have uh, a program for that and they weren't able to guarantee or, or sort of, foresee if they were going to in the uh, following years. So Alex Dote at the time, this was back when MySpace was a thing. I think Alex Dote either sent me a a message or I know I'm dating myself or uh, replied to a bulletin. I don't know if you remember bulletins on MySpace. Oh yeah. Um, Wow. He was, uh, he was, I was huge, huge into MySpace back then, but that's a whole nother podcast. Uh, I think sent me a message saying, Hey, um, you know, I'm looking to start a, a club or program. I think he had tried a couple times and couldn't get it off the ground. So, um, yeah, that, that sort of was in my head. And then I looked into ASU as far as exercise science and kinesiology goes, and it was, um, you know, well-respected. And of course the college experience there was going to be like full on, like stereotypical, like party central and, uh, sort of kind of wanted to get into that. And yeah, it was crazy, the um, timeline and how it happened and how everything was able to 
to get going. And then, you know, fast forward to nationals 2010, where we, we faced off against Leonard Wood there in the, uh, in the championship game, but unfortunately fell, fell short to, to the old team. But yeah, that was, that was pretty cool to be part of ASU and, and that sort of ground level and, and get the club going up and off their, uh, off the ground. What was that uh, playing in that national championship like, you know, playing against Lindenwood, your former team? That that whole national uh, tournament, how it was set up and everything that was going on was probably one of the best um, memories or tournaments that uh, that I, I have because, you know, Lindenwood was that was like peak Lindenwood, like no one was going to beat them. But the format that year was weird because like the top four teams played each other. And I think we were like ranked five or somewhere in that, that low uh, ranking. And like Linwood ended up losing in like the round robin to I think Buffalo, which was stacked with like a Dorinka, Walzer. Um, who, yeah, Kendall. And then like we were ASU, like it was weird that like a West Coast team was sort of even like around. And then <laughs> we <laughs> there's so many stories from that that tournament and then we we ended up having to face buffalo uh and because i think they were they were one after beating Lindenwood or whatever and we like we crushed them it was unbelievable it was it we, the that asu team was was so good and then we played michigan state we beat them and then yeah the the Lindenwood team i think we just we ran out of a little bit of steam and, and the depth that Linwood had that year with a young uh, Annoy, Escarcega. Uh, they had Johnny Max, Sully. I mean, yeah, we was we, that dirty. Was that in San Jose? And it was in San Jose. Okay, like, and then what? Didn't something happen with Fry then too? I, you know, I, I kind of like fell off we he like, wasn't something like he wasn't eligible or something and, he, and his family was supposed to be there waiting for him to have his college nationals there or something like that i don't mean to put him on blast i just remember uh daniel and like casey telling me that story and like <laughs> just like you said there were so many things at play that year yeah. and, and how it all panned out i've heard it yeah. so many times yeah and and i don't know the uh the finer details but i do know that danny uh Danny at some point did struggle to, to stay on the eligibility and, you know, Leonard would good for them for, for having that rule or the, the college league for that matter, having that rule and stuff. But um, yeah, I know Danny sort of went in and out of the lineup based on uh, GPA. So the following year from ASU, you went to France, correct? I did. Yeah. I graduated and again, sort of uh, a cool sort of uh, series of events uh, I believe I was in Rocco Rosso that summer after graduating ASU for world championships. And you know how the last night is in those tournaments, everyone's just bombed. Like if, whether up. you, whether you won or not, yeah, you're ripping it up and everyone's, um, you know, at the one pub or bar or wherever it is. And I got to talking with who was, I got to talking to these people, people and I wanted to go play over uh seas but uh, the people I guess I was talking to who ended up being the, the manager for the club I played for in Anglet um yeah said you know like get your information or whatever I kind of don't even remember that <laughs> whole um interaction but yeah they they uh invited me to come out and play and that year um 
yeah, it was 2000, geez, when was that 11, 12 or something? Yeah, 12, 2012 uh, in Anglet, which is the southwest coast of France, which I did not know even really existed. You think of France, you think of the Eiffel Tower and then sort of northern region. But I mean, here I was walking distance to the beach or 20, 30 minutes from Spain. And that team that I was playing on had some of the French studs. And so like we were good. We were playing in like Euro Cup. French cup going to um, the league championship. So that was an unbelievable experience. And I miss it every day that that whole region, uh, the whole culture, the playing hockey and, and being, you know, on the beach was was incredible. Who did you have any other Americans on your team or a uh... yeah my my first year there uh, I had uh, Mike Campanaro from East oh Camp right? Philly go, my yeah. boy Campanarly dude yeah. yeah roomed with him at <laughs> he still owes me a couple Liberty jerseys just gonna chirp him a little bit here did uh so what was your uh, favorite memories from playing in that league oh geez it was probably so I went back I went back uh for a second season I I came home waited a bit because Heinze uh, was going to graduate ASU and then I wanted to bring him out. So um, him and I went out there together and probably living there. We actually lived, get this, the, the hockey world is so small in uh, Pogu's like summertime apartment because they are French and they're from that region, Biarritz, Anglet. It's this whole sort of Basque region that they call it. And uh, yeah, they were able to set us up, but uh, yeah, those those games and, and playing playing with Heinze is just so fun for me and got him luckily to come out to ASU, which was a big deal because he has this long family history of U of A and uh, him going to ASU was like a, a, a big deal. But yeah, the clubs, the bars, the games, the food. Uh, at one point we would do like wine Tuesdays because we were off on Tuesdays. So we'd just go walk to the beach with a baguette bunch of cheese and wine and just hang out and just <laughs> have ourselves a time Love Tuesday it. nights down in uh, Biarritz. That sounds unreal. That's, yeah, that sounds amazing, man. That kind of just it's, brings me back to like just the little bit of time I was in Barcelona. It's just like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine being there yeah, a season. <laughs> Two seasons. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, w- that I would second, make it out alive. Well, I'm sure that that kind of like – I mean, timeline-wise, had you played for USARS prior to you going to France? I did, yes. Okay. I actually – I played – my first time playing uh, USARS was World Juniors uh, – or Junior World Champions, whatever you want to call it. Um, 2000 – it was the summer of Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans because we were there. Oh, we were, like, in okay. that convention center, which then, like, later turned to, like, this big, like – where people were, like, going to, like – escape and like get away from all the damage and and that's how i met like dustin rue and all the uh usars uh people so again another team that i was just like sort of surprised that i found myself on with just very very talented people ryan bond who then i reconnected with at lindenwood in the dorms uh (laughs) bondo (laughs) that's a wild thing and then and then one year at tours after we were down at some beachside bar and bondo's serving me a drink like he's just a bartender he's like oh hey what's up gansy like here's a beer i'm like ryan bond what <laughs> this is unbelievable like that that was wild um but yeah so that's how i got in 
to USARS yeah, playing Junior uh, Olympics because the Quakes one summer was like, hey, let's not do NARCH. Let's do this Junior Olympics. And then you play and you sort of do well. You get invited to or you make like the All-American team. Then yep. that was back when they were doing their like invite camps. And I actually went to my first USA camp at St. Louis, Madison with Eric Rios. And, uh, you know, that's where I met like Mosenson, uh, Eric Keen. Dane Hauser, jeez, um, yeah, trying to think who else was on that team. Um, yeah, and then just still all the connections and sort of the small world of roller hockey. And then, you know, there I'm playing at Madison for Lindenwood. So, and, uh, you know, so. Um, so kind of kind of like staying on the Team USA s- sort of uh, mm-hmm. thing here. Um, yeah, obviously we spent time twice, Italy and China together. China was, I try to describe it to people, like you can't even describe what China was like. Um, yeah. Our breakfast spread, I don't know if, I mean, <laughs> obviously you remember. So yeah. boys, so boys, we had this like five-star hotel, just a quick little preface to this. We had a five-star hotel. We had this breakfast spread that had every, I would say like, uh, international cuisine. Like you could get Chinese food, you can get American food, you can get anything you wanted. And every morning we took over this big banquet room. Didn't ask anybody. We just did it. So it was like, it was like two rooms long, you know, like yeah. almost like walk. And then it was like one of those rooms where like those sort of like blind, like divider things could come in, but like they had it open. So like you would just keep walking and you'd like think you'd get to the end. Like the first morning I screwed myself cause I loaded up my like plate yeah because <laughs> i thought i was at the end and then like it just like kept going and then going and going and going and then you get to the end and like Ant said yeah there's like american food you get like eggs cooked to order and stuff yeah it was it was sick but so that's obviously like a real unique experience um but do you have any particular like uh favorite memory from playing all the years with usa i know you've won gold medals you know you've you know we had some years where you know we didn't get we didn't come out with a medal or anything but is there anything that stands out as like a favorite <clears throat> memory yeah and that's a great question. And, and I do, uh, have a lot of memories, obviously, uh, you know, playing, being, being able to play and, and make those teams. Uh, you always think of the, the first memories you always think of are like winning. So like Columbia, that was a, a cool win beating, beating Canada, uh, France beating Czech Republic, um, in France. Um, but then like sort of just the teams and the experiences and being in those different, uh, cities, um, and then sort of knowing that it is going to be over soon, like the memories of like hanging out with you and, you know, cruising around China and then coming to the rink and like the whole routine, like that, those memories are sort of in my head. Um, the France one, that, that win, that gold medal was cool because we actually, I think lost to Czech Republic in the round Robin and like tied yep. Sweden And like, we were almost out before like a medal round and we played Great Britain and ended up winning. Um, And then start, start, uh, excuse me, sort of got things rolling into playoffs, which is huge because I've been on really good teams and you sort of cruise through the round robin and you get bumped early in the, uh, you know, elimination round versus like, you know, taking that early loss, getting a tie, sort of battling early on and then working from there. So um yeah to answer your question it's let's let's say Toulouse uh France 2014 that coaching staff um with Merch um Chucky Thuss yeah like that that team was was really good too because there was a good balance of 
old vets and you know young studs like uh junior and then there was um who do you have Crips? do you have Crips on that team Crips was on that team um Maisie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that that was cool because yeah taking the uh loss to, to Czech Republic and then going to that championship game uh, against them merch and chuck gave this unbelievable incredible speech pre-game and i wish like it was recorded or like i could have it on file or something because it was good and that that was that was pretty neat and then uh it's awesome yeah the setup there the rink was cool too it was a really cool rink but even china even china was was really special to me I, like my role had had changed from the team a bit we had younger guys coming in um now like I was sort of like the veteran and, and stuff like that. And it just wasn't, uh, wasn't the result that obviously we wanted, but yeah, still like those trips are, are what I miss the most about summer roller. I think. I mean, yeah, just getting to go to China to play roller or, you know, Italy, like you said, like that's, uh, yeah, it's unreal. Dude, it, it was insane. It's yeah. so hard to explain to people because when you're there, like, I remember we played China cause we lost, you know, unfortunately and we had to play China and we were in the middle of a game and like 500 Chinese students came in like the middle of our game. And we're just like, yeah. we look up in the stands and we're like, Oh my gosh. Like there was just like a, they just barreled in and like sat down. So it was just like just yeah. a totally different experience. And I think it was like the international Olympic center that we played at or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Oh yeah. That huge. place, that, that place was beautiful. I remember playing like yeah. two touch and then it was like just crystal clean, like floors, yeah. like, like marble escalators. Yeah. It was unbelievable. But I did have to take a dump one time pregame and it was a hole in the ground. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was pretty like common though. <laughs> that was, that was absolutely common. Um, Columbia was weird because like you, straight up like rode to the rink and like a police armed vehicle and like pulled in and there's like armed guards like full-on like um assault rifles or automatic uh, machine guns whatever so like yeah every every That's tournament or world championships there's yeah sort of like different flashbacks yeah. memories that, that come to mind so, you know, talking about kind of like what you're doing now, being an athletic trainer, did you ever, um, what made you get into wanting to do that? Or like, what made you find that as your passion? Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, strength, strength and conditioning coach, uh, strength and conditioning yeah. coach. Okay. Yeah. So I'm more so like, uh, off ice, uh, workouts. Like, uh, I even do like post game meals for the guys. And then we use a system here in Bakersfield and they use it in Edmonton too, that, uh, little like wearable devices that the guys have in their shoulder pads that can track uh, some of the GPS like data and forces. And I've seen that. Um, yeah, it's pretty neat. But um, yeah, I got into strength and conditioning kind of just from being a late bloomer playing hockey. I kind of wasn't the um, fastest or biggest and, and knew that like, or was told that, you know, Hey, like doing jumps or running or, you know, the old school, like wrist, like curl thing with the weight on the rope, uh, would, you know, help you improve your shot and stuff like that. So that was like really, you know, grassroots early on. And then, um, falling in love with like human performance and sort of what the, the body's capable of and stuff. And then, um, it was only natural to try to get back in with, or to, to get back to hockey and, and stay in, in that with the experience that I have. Was that like the whole goal when you're getting into it? Did you ever think like you'd be working for, you know, NHL organizations? Yeah, I, I kind of always had in the back of my mind. I wanted to do it and, and 
just because hockey is the sport that you know we all love and it's it's definitely a special bond and being with the guys every day i have stepped away from from hockey before and i've gone to work in you know corporate wellness and general population um but yeah it's 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 weird that it's you know a, a full-time gig and like i'm getting paid to do this i mean i get to wear like sweats every so day and hang out in a gym and yeah just make sure these guys are you know ready to go for the ice and don't kill themselves in the gym so it's it's cool and then once the guys sort of catch when that you know you have some hockey experience or you know you played roller hockey or something they they like to always chat it up like oh i i, I played roller hockey once or oh man roller hockey is so fun and so yeah it's it's cool that's awesome yeah i uh i remember you helped me out too kind of get to like you know i still use the workout you gave me like yeah. four years ago to a degree yeah. like parts yeah. of it so um i think it's awesome how you talk about the balance because i think even if you hear a lot of nhlers they talk about how these to kill themselves in the gym and yeah. how it's not effective for them anymore. Yeah. So obviously, um, and you worked for Google, right? In, in corporate wellness. Is that right? Yeah. I worked at Google again, technically, uh, they contracted all their fitness facilities out to a uh, company called Exos, which is a, uh, I think Arizona or maybe Florida based, uh, training facility, training company that specializes mostly in like combine prep and uh, stuff like that. But yeah, they have a corporate wellness side that, um, hired me on. And that, that whole experience was really cool. I was there for two, almost three years and got a lot of coaching reps in sort of like, um, dialed in my coaching technique and sort of the, the finer things of, of coaching and, uh, yeah, met some great people there and it was really neat. That's awesome. And, and obviously you mentioned you're back in hockey, right? Yeah. So yeah. do you, so do you have, and this is kind of like, it doesn't have to be an NHLer, but do you have a particular pro athlete that like is someone that is like just a favorite NHLer, AHLer, just all around good guy, you know, listen to what you said, took everything very serious like that. Ant's trying to cause some drift in the locker room, right? Here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah, I've uh, got my door closed, so let's <laughs> see. No, I mean, when I was, you know, interning and, and getting started with, with San Jose and, and Mike Potenza, who is the, uh, their strength and conditioning coach, you know, it, during that time, there were, you know, the legends of like Joe Thornton, Patty Marlowe in that room. And uh, those are some of my like earliest memories of like pros, like getting ready or doing what they needed to do, um, before their games. But geez, like there's, there's a handful of them, but a, a single guy or anything, single athlete. No, I don't, I don't think so. But like hockey players, and of course I'm biased, but hockey players are unlike anything else. Like you never, you never learn about, this in school you never learn about the weird things that hockey players will do or not do so it's just it's an incredible uh, incredible opportunity and it's uh, great to be working again Koch said you've probably seen uh, Jumbo and, and McDavid uh, clo- clothless unclothed <laughs> unclothed uh, <laughs> not yeah Nick is just so so you know right there you know just yeah. unclothed <laughs> yeah, unclothed. you have to you. Yeah, if you're in yeah team sports, you gotta be okay with a lot of male nudity. <laughs> Which I I learned I learned that like that doesn't translate to like other things and and like if you're hanging out with friends that aren't hockey players, like I guess you can't just always like be naked or want to shower together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
my god. Well, it's funny too. Like everybody gets comfortable, obviously, seeing like another guy's like you know what he's got going on, and yeah. like, I don't think that happens with any other sport. Like it, no, it really it, doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, and, <laughs> and there's still yeah. people. Yeah. Oh man. And you and yeah, you, you know everybody's you forget, totally all right with it. You forget normal people. Yeah, will go yeah. to the bathroom with the door closed, or you know, close <laughs> the door when they're showering, or you know, not leave the shower on. So like you can just hop in afterward. Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. We're a different breed. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you mentioned before, and and I think you're in in your uh, office now. You're with Bakersfield, and uh, their big boy club is the Oilers. So I mean, what's what's it like kind of being in that department of uh, that organization? Yeah, it's it's pretty uh it's pretty cool. So because everything that had been going on recently with uh COVID and, and the times, I've only been able to go up to Edmonton once since I've been brought on as part of the staff and that was for uh training camp prior to last season. So um this is my second year um going um or excuse me, this is my second season with the organization. So there is some, uh, not stress, but there's some pressure to, you know, make sure that the guys that they need to sort of have eyes on or, you know, there's eyes on them and there's some numbers that they need to hit and stuff like that. Um, luckily for me, you know, right now I'm just trying to keep everyone as healthy as I can. Um, I like to say the best ability is availability. So, um, Again, with the situation, we we can't really get called up or anything because of the um, border and stuff. So guys are kind of know that, but you still want to have these guys sort of play up and reach their potential. I was gonna, Sorry. I was, I was gonna ask. Uh, you know, you see a lot of these ice hockey players using the Mars blades now. Uh, yeah. What, what's your thoughts on those? I I've never even used them. I've had some guys even ask me, like you said, um, I've never used them, uh, or have, uh, had guys use them. I know they just released that new, like, uh, chassis that is for roller hockey. So I, I actually just learned not too long ago that the one that they previously had was like a training device. Like you weren't like supposed to play roller hockey with that, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't have uh, much experience with that. One of our guys, uh, James, who just uh, signed with us this, this year out of Medicine Hat, was wearing a Mars blade because I guess when he played in Sweden during uh, the pandemic, like he was like with some of the guys or like their team was like the Mars blades, like we're on it, like the, the founders or whatever. Um, you know, you got a lot of side ventures always see. And one thing is, you know, a little modeling gig with Chubbies, you know, how, yeah. did, uh, how did that come about? You know, how did you uh, get connected with them? Yeah, that was very cool and again it's it's about uh who you know i actually um had a connection his name's joey uh shout out uh at joey avery he's actually a really funny comedian and the guy puts out money content he's hilarious but what's his name uh joey avery joey avery uh, yeah check him out he just did a whole bunch of stuff through the nfl playoffs and the super bowl as far as like uh, uh betting and picks and stuff like that but uh he's my connection to chubby's uh, he does uh, the branding or content creation uh, and was working in the office when they were back headquartered in San Francisco. So yeah, uh, they released Chubby started like a, an athletic line, some workout shorts and stuff. And I guess somehow 
they needed models or needed people to to wear them and joey's like oh you got to check out like my buddy brian he's a you know training conditioning coach workout guy whatever and so yeah um got in there and the mustache certainly didn't hurt uh, i guess the sales were were uh, there to prove that people love the muzzy and uh couple yeah squats and some quad shots and the rest is history <laughs> that that's hilarious that's okay. do you ever just get like sent random like you know pictures of you like on in, the internet yeah and stuff, yeah like- people and like probably um you'll get like ads for it or like the sponsored ads where you're like if you're like talking about something and like your phone hears it like that happens a lot and people like oh like i was on instagram and like is that you like i thought i saw you i'm like yeah it's me I, I had to message him like four months ago. I like direct yeah. message. And I'm like, is, is that you? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that's kind of yeah. wild. Like I, yeah. I completely took me by surprise. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, you know, nice little paycheck and uh, some shorts. So can't complain. Hey, yeah, not, not nice. Short no, I do not have a discount code or a promo code or anything like that. People, yeah. people do ask me, rightfully so, but yeah, unfortunately, I can't. I can't help you there. Damn, Just type scans at the promo code and see if it works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so you just mentioned, you know, the muzzy that you got going on. I think, you know, we wouldn't be doing this interview justice without mentioning the work that you do for Movember. Um, so would you mind telling us a little bit about how you got started with that? I mean, it's such a great cause, um, you know, and, and you do it every year, you have a huge following for it. So just tell us like more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Movember is, uh, is a cause and a foundation that, uh, yeah, me, my family, my friends ho- hold pretty close uh, to our hearts. And uh, yeah, back in, uh, I think I started back in 2015 or so, 16. Um, yeah, fundraising and, and doing a bunch of stuff for them, not like like as part of their like, team or, or staff or anything, just because I think it needs to be discussed and and uh, brought up more uh, frequently and, and easily. So uh, yeah, I've had the mustache actually since then, 2015. So uh, yeah, we're going on five plus years. And uh, I had the idea with my garage gym back at home when I was in San Jose to have people over and, and um, require a donation amount, come work out if you want. If not, that's okay too, but hang around and drink beers and eat pizza for a good cause. So uh, yeah, we just celebrated our fifth annual November barbell bash this last November, Uh, socially distanced and uh, everything, of course, but uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And uh, fellas out there, check your nuts, check your nuts every time, check them. It's okay doesn't have to be November to feel, feel your balls. <laughs> and it's, it's for raising awareness for prostate cancer, correct? It is prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and, and mental uh, health issues as well. So just men's awesome. health. Um, yeah, absolutely. They're doing uh, great stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to raise money for them. It, yeah. And it's awesome because um, you partner up with a bunch of good companies that are affiliated with it, not affiliated with it. Thank that you, was, yeah, that was awesome this year. Uh, good old John Chavo, roller hockey community um, connected once again. Yeah. I reached out with the help of uh, Colby uh, MD media. I think he's out of Nashville, Tennessee yep. and uh, blade tech hockey. Uh, yeah. We, we did a, a partnership and was able to, uh, were able to yeah raise some money and get some people, some blade tech blades. So yeah. Shout out awesome. Ant for winning yeah. the raffle. 
Thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. You, you won s- that? Yeah, I won them. Oh, you little dog, dude. I know. I, dude, those totally are the, random. Those are those steals he's showing us with his, with his initials yeah. and his number I, on it. I didn't realize that. I didn't put two and two together. Like, yeah. Did I use them on I Tuesday? I didn't either. They're great. That's what you won. Yeah, they're great. That's, that's, yeah. that's okay. How did you get them? I, yeah, like how did luck you of the draw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> luck of the draw. Yeah. I know. I never win anything, so I was I was happy to say or uh, to wow. get those, but they're kind of they kind of had the Mars Blade mentality to it. It has like a little bit of rock to yeah. it, so it's kind of cool. But um another venture I kind of wanted to talk to you about real quickly if you could just uh discuss the nice lift company. I know I bought, you know, bought, bought your t-shirt yeah. and stuff. Super comfy. I wore it on our first pod that I did with the boys here, so <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Again, thank you, uh, Anth, for the support. And yeah, nice lift co. Uh, just something that me and my buddies wanted to do for a while. Um, me and my buddy Eric Bew and Cody Minling, they actually are both designers and multimedia guys. So they're the brains behind all the designs and uh, stuff like that. But yeah, I think because we were sort of all laid off and furloughed or whatever during uh, COVID that, yeah, we decided to jump in and make it happen. So um, yeah, fitness stuff kind of, but like also just cool shirts, uh, lifestyle shirts, yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm sort of the, the fitness behind the brand and they're the, uh, the brains behind it. That's sick. Love it. You, yeah. Um, yeah. And you guys can find them on Instagram, Facebook website. Yeah. Nice lift co or at nice lift co and then nicelift.co if you're on the website. But yeah, go check it out. And uh, we put up workouts too, like sort of fitnessy workouts, crossfit workouts, whatever you want to call them, uh, every Friday that can be done, some with minimal equipment, some with no equipment. But uh, yeah, it's just a nice little side gig. It, I don't know if it'll be, you know, how, how profitable or how successful it'll be, but it's fun and it's a good little outlet. So it's been, I guess, almost like about seven ish years that you've been playing with, uh, with Palma now. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit, yeah. kind of what it's like being a part of like that group and that family. That group. Yeah. It's more of a family is it's, it's really cool. It's really, it's really special and, and honored to be a part of it and to get invited um to play with those guys and they're such good people i mean papa mike uh patty uh down to sabrage and everyone it, it's so cool and um they treat you so well and you know it's it, it's fun to win for people like that and to play for people like that that take such good care of you and, and want to do those things that they do for the roller hockey uh, community and the sport of roller hockey. So, um, yeah, it, it was definitely, uh, very cool to get the invite that one, uh, that first summer playing for him. Cause yeah, I'd lost to him a couple times, you know, playing men's platinum and stuff. So, so now, being on, <laughs> now being on the other side, it, it's pretty cool, but yeah, it's, you get treated well and, um, you just are always sure to say, you know, thank you. And, and, express your gratitude was your first tournament with them uh in hawaii in in 2014 it was and that was incredible and that was just an insane tournament and i wish you know we could do it again and and have that be like a normal stop but that was uh that was very cool and that was one of my first you... sorry go ahead one of my first experience that was one of my first experiences with like joey d like full on being joey d and like those guys like for a weekend 
You so I'm trying to remember you that team played like in the pro division, right? I think we did, the, yeah. Because there was like the 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 pro guys, and then like mixed with their alkali team when they were doing yeah. the alkali pama, and then me and some of the Linwood guys were there for the Mud Cats. Cats was mm-hmm. there for that squad and then yeah you guys had your squad and then hawaii had theirs and i think it was that four four team pool and yeah Yeah. like you said oh man if that could just be like a mainstay of an event like oh my gosh yeah that was that was quite a week that was quite a week to say the least (laughs) yeah 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 incredible and that rink was beautiful like the full oh my god built like san jose like like the full glass yeah yeah, Looks like it opened sick. two weeks ago, and it's like yeah. however many years old now, you know? Yeah, yeah. That is wild. Uh, Ant, before you get to some of your quick questions, I got I got a couple for him, too. <laughs> How much time? Are you good on time? Like, are you uh... – Yeah, we got like 10, 10 minutes maybe. I'm going to okay. see if yeah, I can – Okay, I'll just go with one. What's, what, what's the uh, – what's the, I guess, motive behind, behind the name Stroke Job for the old man? <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'll try to be quick here. Uh, so, Stroke Job was born uh, out of an email, actually, an accidental email. So, he, my dad sold cable advertising forever and had a whole bunch of clients, uh, one being uh, the San Jose Sharks. But he'd, you know, call on local businesses and go and, and see them and put together, you know, a presentation, a proposal for, you know, advertising during um, various events and stuff on TV, on local cable. And so I forget what the actual business was, but he made my dad do like the full gig. And then at the end of it via email, it was like, ah, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, the time is right. Or I think we're going to go another direction. And so my dad sent, wow, like sounds like a complete stroke job or what a stroke job (laughs) to forward it to his boss. But instead of forwarding it, he replied, my to gosh. the business owner to the business owner and my dad was he you know he was i think he maybe had a couple of years left before retirement but also was high enough like on the food chain where he's like oh like that's awesome like funny and now like it's <laughs> leaked into leaked into the the boys and the fellas and uh so now when you know he's around at tournaments or whatever like Koch or whoever cam prime um we'll just call him yeah stroke job so it's stuck. Clay Taylor loves calling the stroke job. A lot of yeah. ASU guys, because I was back when I was in in school. So that is the birth of stroke job. <laughs> That's awesome. That's Legendary awesome. nickname. I'm glad you got that yeah. in, Kev. I'm glad you got that in, Kev. Yeah, me too. All right, Gansy. So, I mean, obviously, we could probably talk to you for two hours. We, you know, barely even scratch the surface on the Palma stuff and, yeah. and whatnot. But what we like to do with all of our guests here is kind of just hit them with a few, you know, five or six quick questions here at the end. So, yeah. short, short, quick, just give us, uh, give us your thoughts on these. So, you mentioned it earlier um, with the Movember stuff. Grab a beer, grab a pizza. What's your favorite craft beer? Jeez, craft beer. I whatever or any beer, like, any beer. Lo, if I'm local, I'll, I'll look for something craft and like a IPA or something. But I'm a Coors Light guy. I mean, CL's in the lot. You're not going to get any better than that. <laughs> Best post game beer right there. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, so this one might be difficult to answer, but try to do your best here. What is the what would you say like the most effective workout for a hockey player is, or what's the most important thing for a hockey player to maintain during conditioning? Uh, again, it's going to be a matter of in season or off season and something that, you know, doesn't leave the guy complete or girl completely fried and, and fresh for the ice. Cause you got to remember that they're not 
trying to be the best at exercise, they got to be best out on the ice or the floor. So uh, stuff that will get them prepped for, for their sport. I like that. I like that. All right. So uh, obviously being a part of uh, Pama and Labeda for a while, favorite Labeda wheel and Pama jersey. Oh, geez. I, I, as much of like a gear guy I once was in my old age, I've sort of like let it slip. And Rob asks me every time, what wheel are you on, Gansey? What wheel do you want? <laughs> Rob, I don't know, man. Just give me something that fits, you know, whatever, the 7680. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. There's so many addiction dynasty gripper. I, I don't know. Uh, I always know. need to be an addiction guy. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think I have the slimes on there now. They're fine. It's, it's a wheel. I, yeah, I've, like I said, it's, it's gotten less, uh, detail oriented as I've gotten a bit older, but the Palma jerseys, I love the, uh, black and white with the PC that sort of resembles the Boston college one. Yeah. Um, but also, I wasn't uh, a big fan of the Dodgers jersey. Uh, I'm not a Dodgers guy, so uh, okay. didn't quite like those. But yeah, the the PC ones, I think, with the black and white, which, yeah, those are the best ones, in my opinion. Yeah, I have to see those every time I go on YouTube under Narches Pays beating the <laughs> Philadelphia Liberty and the yeah. – uh, Men's platinum semifinals. So thanks for that. Yeah. But um, all right. So this one's this one's kind of personal between you and I. One word or sentence to describe John Mosenson. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say milk bag, and it's hyphenated, so it's one word. I like it. I like it. Perfect. We'll leave it at that. He's working on it too. Um, and last question here. Um, why do you think NorCal is better than SoCal, or is it better than SoCal? It depends on your lifestyle, um, but I've been – I have lived in both. I'm going to say NorCal is better just because I am born there. <laughs> nice answer. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Awesome. No, yeah, I was just going to say, man, we appreciate you hopping on. Obviously, like I said, we could probably talk to you for a while. Um, you have a great history, super professional um, in what you do. It's awesome to uh, bring you know that to the roller hockey community as well, that you have ties both to ice and roller. We always like having that uh, with people on the pod. So appreciate you hopping on. It's been uh, been awesome to catch up. I haven't been able to see you in a while with this whole COVID shit. And so, um, yeah, man, just appreciate you hopping on and thanks. Yeah, I'm jealous of all the roller you guys are getting to play out there. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, an absolute honor to be on here. I love what you guys are doing. So um, definitely here for it if you guys ever want to hop on again. Absolutely. I think, like you said, we're just scratching the surface, so we'll have to do a part two. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Yeah. You the man, Gans. Good to see thanks. you, bro. Yeah, good thanks. luck, thanks, good luck this weekend. Thanks, boys. Absolutely. All right, guys, take it easy. Yeah, see you too. Later.